We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Where's Judge right now, though? He's hurt. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 477, brought to you today by Indeed.com and Bet Online. Scott, hey! Positivity! That was, the two, that was the 2019 Baltimore Orioles that we we got at the Bronx this weekend. That was nice. That was nice. That's exactly what we needed. We needed that team to show up. We needed them to score three runs in the entire series. I like to think that it was because the Yankees had dominant pitching and controlled the bats of this team that, you know, is actually not that bad. When you look among league leaders, you actually see some Orioles sprinkled in there with some of their offensive statistics. So, yeah, I think that the Yankees, you know, like we talked about in the last show, I, I was uh, I was showing some optimism, and I believe that optimism is for for good reason. I think this team is uh, is starting to do something potentially. Well, I think the reason that it was so frustrating the way the Yankees were playing in September is because they it's not like they were playing the top teams in the league. They were playing the Baltimore Orioles. They were playing the Toronto Blue Jays, and they were still losing games. And that's not something you can have happen. Yes, the Orioles are better this year than they were last year. They have young talent, yada, yada, yada. But they're still nowhere in the same league as the Yankees, and the Yankees should be wiping the floor with them. So it was nice to see this weekend, even though... I think the Orioles kind of gave away a couple games this weekend. Like it could have very easily been a 2-2 split if if one or two things don't happen. I mean, how many times are the Orioles going to run into outs? I mean, that just here you here you go Yankees. Here's another out in this inning because we don't feel like scoring. That's fine. fine. It comes around. Take it comes it. around though. You know, and and that's baseball. Susan, that's that's what happens. That that's the the law of yeah. averages. When yeah. when you're a bad team, you show that you're a bad team in different ways. So finally Definitely. they did that and the Yankees it's, it goes the other way too. Is is when you see a team that's struggling mightily and you know playing to way below their potential, eventually, eventually, the back of the baseball card stands out and the talent rings true, and you start seeing guys play up to their ability. So it's nice to see that. It's nice to see um, you know a couple guys that are that are going well beyond you know the people that have been good this whole time. Like Luke Voigt, this guy is playing on one foot essentially and talking about it and. The, the fan base is gravitating more and more and more towards Luke Voigt because of these 
of, of the way that he's playing, the way that he's showing that there's a limp and 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 talking about it and still hitting bombs. Limping Luke. So I mean, it's not it's not hard to figure out. Like you're a player and you fight through injuries and you still out, are out there performing. Fans are going to gush over for sure. Like that has been in any sport, in any league, in any city. That is an absolute truth. Yes, that is true. That will happen. No doubt about it. And and he's performing too. It's not like he's just out there, you know, not not performing well and out there to be out there he's out there performing and hitting you know mashing bombs so yeah it's good to see and and beyond that you got glaber back who's you know a, a key cog we needed him to to go the yankees needed at least one or two of their staple guys to turn it back on just like oh okay it's been off for a little while let's turn it back on so that we can have a little bit of one protection you know I, i've talked about this a thousand times about Gary Sanchez needing that protection in the lineup. I still believe that's true for him to actually be right. I don't think it's a necessity for him to be right uh, because I think there's opportunities for him still not to be right when there's protection, but it has to be there for him to be good. And But he's looking he's better. Looking, I the think. at-bats, I think, are looking better. I feel like he looks more comfortable. He hasn't been catching as much, so I don't know if that has to do with the pitcher. I know we're going to get into all this. I don't know if that has to do with the pitcher. You know, something that oh boy, there's been, there's been uh, uh, you know hints at, at talking about over around here. But you know, maybe it's just more of the uh, of they they want to give him t- more rest. That's obviously part of Boone's, you know, part of his pe- part well, of his carry, plan. You're carrying three catchers, so fine Might as well. And like in Sunday's game, you saw they were able to DH Sanchez. Higgy started, and they were still able to pinch hit for Higgy, and then put in Kratz afterwards. Yeah. So the, if you're going to carry three catchers, do that because otherwise you're just carrying Kratz because he cries in Zoom. Like, what, like what he's do we do? Leader doing? of men. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's a, he he's running uh, he's running the leadership programs for all the young guys coming up. Like it's it's whatever it is. I don't really care. Again, I've I've always been to the ilk. Like I don't care how things happen as long as they work and they're working great. It's good. When there's when there's when you go out and you go a little rogue with the way that you approach a game. And you don't have the results, then like you deserve to get, you deserve to get criticized. This this is still a long way away from from things right, you know, being completely writing. But there is well, that's the there thing. is some it's, it's, some some uh, some good positive things that are happening with this team. This weekend, a sweep or minimum three out of four was necessary if the Yankees wanted to have any chance in the playoffs. I don't think you could lose to Baltimore this weekend. And then psychologically, psychologically, then have an off day on Monday and then be like, okay, we got a two week stretch to finish the season. Let's go, boys. Like you lose to Baltimore and lose your playoff spot temporarily, even if it was temporarily to the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know how you would have rebounded from that. So this weekend was absolutely necessary for the Yankees to show up. You agree? No doubt. And, you know, you have to you have to at some point establish your dominance in your division amongst teams that are just trash and yeah we've talked about the young talent playing well at baltimore and that's great good for them you know it's it's about goddamn time that this team has some form of hope in their own in their own building but you have to take care of that business when and when you see uh, what one of the turning the low the low point for me and it wasn't even on the field but rock bottom for me for this whole thing was when michael k was was um scoreboard watching before the Yankees were going to the <laughs> Orioles, talking about the Baltimore Orioles. Scoreboard watching for the Orioles, talking about the eighth spot in the playoffs. Like I was like, what are we doing? How is this a conversation? How is this a talking point in any game ever? And it was. It was a it was a legitimate thing that he said. And maybe he said it for, you know, for emphasis on like how ridiculous this is. I don't know what his motivations were. For but it was reality. It was reality it was in the moment. And when, not, he, it was reality. when he said it, I was like, holy shit. Wake up, yeah. boys. Like, I hope they play That's that again. a reality check moment for the Yankees. Yeah. So you got a scoreboard watch the Orioles when you wiped the floor with them last year and they were supposed to be a hundred lost team. If this was a normal season, they were supposed to be. To, and, and, I, and, I for the, and for the final spot that after they added two on. You know, so so I uh, we had Connor Newcomb on our show to talk about the Orioles. He has the Locked On Orioles podcast. He had me go on his show before this weekend series just to talk about the Yankees. And he says he said there was an actual conversation in Baltimore. Would the Orioles win 10 games this year? 
<laughs> so that was the team, the team that didn't know if they were going to go 10 and 50 in a 60 game schedule. That was the team you were facing for an eighth spot in the playoffs this I week. mean, it's kind of, it, <laughs> that was the reality they if, were If in. they're having that conversation, it's a little on them, it, not understanding that they, because they do have talent. There's talent in that, in that, on well, that some roster. Some of these guys, like, some of these guys have either accelerated quicker than they thought or, or, might be like like a little bit of last year with the Yankees where they call up guys from the minor leagues and oh look they're actually producing I didn't expect them to produce at that even level. their pitching staff this has probably been the best pitching staff that they've had since I can remember I mean for a really long time and they did pitch two good games Saturday and yeah. Sunday the Yankees scored didn't score in those right games. so I mean I will give some credit to the Baltimore Orioles to they have some young guys in there that can play ball and you know I don't think they're going to be a threat in in you know any any time period in the in the near future by any means but they're much better than they were last year it seems but do you know what's funny they have a better future right now than the red sox <laughs> yeah but the red sox will just buy their way out of it again and they'll, they'll sign a few guys and then be there May, and yeah right now the talent's there but um we'll see what happens with that i mean we've seen what the Orioles so, have done or the uh, red sox but, have done in the past but for the yankees we'll get into everything that happened this weekend but just from a bigger picture standpoint where they are so they have an off day and then they have a 17 game i guess you want to call it sprint for the playoffs they're going to get some guys back aaron judge is reporting to alternate site this week john carlos stanton was there this weekend taking at bats um uh gio urshela is supposed to come back on tuesday so boone said that there's a chance we could have judge and stanton back this coming weekend in boston that gives them about 10 games of playing time before the playoffs. Yeah. Realistically, though, it's seven because they're going to sit them a few right, days, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that's true. So seven I think we seven said, what, games. two series. I think that was what you asked me this question last yeah. time. I said about two series. It seems about right. And I think even if you want to go even if you want to drill down further, you got to be targeting like 15 to 20 plate appearances for each before the playoffs start. Yeah, that's that's fair. You know, they got to get their they got to get their feet underneath them. They got to see some major league pitching. I think that getting them thrown in for a two series should be. I mean, look, it's, they're not going to. Um, it is what it is. That's that's seems like a a lot of time before you get to a playoff. It seems like an ample amount of time for you to get ready and get some timing down. I don't know. You know, how, I don't know how much actual work you can get in the alternate site. I love the videos that we're getting from like the grassy knoll. It's like who is that? Yeah. Connor Foley, I think, has been tweeting them out. He's up. He's up in a tree. Yeah, it looks like he's climbed a tree with like a periscope, um, you know, or like a telescopic uh, selfie stick or something just to get some footage. But um, yeah, we they need to get back and they need to get their timing right. That's the only concern is that they're going to walk back into much better pitching. Also, when they get into the playoffs, maybe not for the first two rounds. Well, exactly. It, well, it depends who they face in the first round because we were kind of worried if the Yankees do get that eighth seed and Tampa secures the one seed, okay, you you get Judge and Stanton back, but they're kind of rusty and they're facing the Tampa pitching staff. That's not an ideal situation for a three-game playoff No, series. there's a couple but, non-ideal situations too. I think I think the Twins present actually as much as we are. No, shut No, up. but listen, they <laughs> score a lot of runs. You shut your mouth, sir. The problem is, look, at some point this is going to change, people. We need no, to understand. Water it. always finds its level and the level is the Yankees beat okay, the Twins. Okay. That, is, that is what I'm, happens. You know, you know what I feel about the, the word do, but my thing is, I don't like the matchup per se because we would have to score some runs to keep up with them. And if they're not yeah, going... They will. <laughs> so, but it's actually ironic that that's... If the Yankees can overtake Toronto, which they're only a half game back now and they have plenty of games left. So you win your games against Toronto, you will secure that number two seed in the American League East, which gives you a better seeding theoretically in the playoffs. But it's ironic because if the Yankees take over that spot, Toronto spot, and everything else stays the same, they would play the Twins in the first round. It would be out at Minnesota for three games, but they would still play the Twins. So somehow, somewhere, the Yankees always find the Twins in the first round of the playoffs. It does. It, 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 they just, it's like a magnet, man. You can't, you cannot get away. It's, I, I don't love the matchup this year, though, because that they have a really good offensive team. <laughs> Didn't we say that last year, though? 
Like all the and twins, the other, the other thing about it is that we have hundred over a hundred wins. This is a legit twins no, team. We but, had we had some control in that at least. We were we could chant, we could we could terrorize them. There's none of that. Oh yeah, none of that. We, we can't chant at the Uber yeah, driver. We, we could just tweet. We at can't it. psychologically get into their heads anymore, and I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I had a little bit of control. At least it felt like it did. But I mean, it's kind of silly to project playoff standings at this point because they changed so much i mean they changed over the weekend at the beginning of the weekend oakland was in first place and then they lost matt chapman for the season and they've been they you know took a little hit and now they're the three spot and the white Sox, the white Sox, the young white Sox are the first seed tampa's the two seed i think it's going to change a bunch but i think what the yankees need to be focused on catch toronto they're not going to catch Tampa. Not even not Tampa's, even catch Toronto. You have these games in, against Toronto in front of you. Overtake them. Beat them. Yeah, beat them. Yes. Beat them. Win that series. 100%. Yeah. Yes. But so the, the Yankees are four back of, of Tampa with 13 to play. They're really five back because Tampa owns the tiebreaker. So if they both finish with the same record, Tampa wins the division. So the Yankees need to finish one game up. So they're not going to make up five games in 13 to play against Tampa with none head-to-head. It's just... I don't think it's going to happen. So you've got to be focused on beating Toronto, playing well in your games, and and taking that two spot in the in the division. And and while that's not where we thought they would be a month and a half ago, who cares? All things considered, you at least have some positivity entering October if that's the case. You agree? Well, I mean, the one thing we've seen in the past in baseball when you get to the playoffs, the the Who's team hot? with the momentum, yeah, the hot team yeah. is is you know becomes an odds-on favor pretty quick just because of um the way that baseball has gone yeah you know i don't know how this year is going to be different you know because they're going to be played at different places if they do if they end up getting into quote bubble or whatever whatever that looks like so i you know i don't know how much momentum um carries maybe it's just very very true to what is happening on the field which uh which could play yeah, maybe well. it gives you a better yeah. maybe it gives you a better analysis of maybe just team versus team maybe it does maybe it does so, yeah and that's the thing. If the Yankees can get to one of the top four seeds, then they at least get to play some home games in the playoffs because uh, Jeff Passan reported over the weekend that the playoff bubble is set. It just needs union approval, even though MLB can just implement it if the union doesn't approve it. And I think baseball is way too worried about some guy getting COVID and then having to delay a playoff series. They want their money. They want their playoff money. They want this revenue to make sure it clicks. Yeah, but like you say that, is that even you saying that a negative thing? Like, yeah, everyone wants No, I'm not money. saying it's a negative thing. I'm saying that's the overwhelming reason why they're doing it. They're trying to control the, Of course. They're trying to control the revenue. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also ensures us the best chance at getting postseason baseball. Right. I'm, so I'm, fine. I'm yeah, talking get, about ad, get your I'm money. I'm talking about baseball ad revenue for the playoffs to actually yeah. happen. Like that, they have to at this point for for this to be you know some some semblance of a successful season. They have to have the playoffs. Like everybody understands that, and baseball understands yep. that that they're monetarily it's a big deal for them. So yeah, they're going to control every aspect of it as possible. And if the union puts up a fight for this bullshit, it's you know it's not going to be it's going to be a terrible look. They just need to do it because there's whether you know or or you don't think this is true the uh, you know that them trying to secure the the ad revenue dollars for playoff money it doesn't matter the other the other side of it is player safety within a, a bubble you can't argue that it's not safer the the union doesn't yeah, look have at, much look of a what the N- look at what the nba and the nhl have yeah done. they've had no cases of covid in their bubble and it might be more difficult for baseball because they're going to be coming from bubble to bubble no, they're not going to. They're in no bubble right now. They're going rapidly from no bubble to bubble. Right, but my point is, so that there you is can't some just have one bubble uncertainty. Either. So you're going to at some point when you move on in a, in a playoff series, go from bubble oh, to bubble. Well, you have, well, you have an A off, uh, an A L, not eight off. You have an A L bubble, and you have an N L bubble. The A L is in Southern California, and the N L is in Texas. Okay, there you go. So there's going to be a merging of bubbles at some point. For the for the World Series, uh, which is starts October twentieth at Globe Life Field, the Rangers new park. There you go. That's that's nice for the Rangers, right? No no fans though. It's a shame. And uh, the the wild card rounds start for the American League September 29th. And I did some I did some schedule counting. So Boone announced after last night's game that the the um, the Toronto series, which starts on Tuesday, is going to go. 
Devi Garcia, Garrett Cole, Masir Tanaka for the pitchers. So that means Garrett Cole's pitching September 16th. That means he then pitches again on Monday the 21st mm -hmm. and then pitches again on Saturday the 26th. That does not line him up for the first game of the wildcard round. Okay, so he's going to be bumped at some point or... I think what the Yankees are hoping is he makes that start on the 16th and he makes the start on the 21st. Those are both against Toronto. They win both of those games and they win their Toronto games. And then they're in that number, that uh, second spot. And then those last weekend games against Miami do not matter. But if they do matter, Cole's going to have to pitch. And then he does not line up for the playoffs. But... That's the situation you have put yourself in by playing like crap for three weeks. I think it also depends on what the situations are on both sides. You know, whether he, if you win or lose, what happens? You know, is one worse than the other? Really? Is one, I mean, is that, at that point, at that mean? point, you hope it's not for the final spot of the playoffs, right? Like that's not what we're looking yeah. at. But my point is, is that if you're, if you're jockeying for position within the playoff well, structure, like, does it really, does it really matter? Could? Yeah, it, it could. It can matter who you're playing. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it depends on what both sides of the situation are. Because even if they what lose, if, the is, if they lose and they don't play Tampa, then they probably still won't play Cole, pitch Cole. What if what if the situation is you need a win against Miami in order to play the Twins, or you're going to Oakland? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that that's exactly one of those situations. Uh, it's it's pretty difficult to understand which one's worse, or which one's better. <laughs> Because you're going to yeah, bubble situations. You're not going to the home ballpark where there's like a... No, you are in the home ballpark for the first round. For the first round. round, yes, you're right. But there's nobody there. It's going to Oakland. Again, that does it matter? Does that matter? I think it does matter a little the bit. The travel? Maybe the travel. Yeah. You haven't traveled outside of your your time Are they finally going to get pods for the for like COVID travel? You got to have six no, feet. Probably, they'll probably be... They'll probably be in... Coach, not even just extra spread out. Room. Everybody not gets economy, their own. Not economy plus, just coach, elbow to elbow. <laughs> yeah, or maybe they get the coach where you know you can't pull up the the arm chest, the arm, uh, uh, the armrest, so you can't lay down across the seats. Spirit Airlines. The worst. <laughs> I uh, Spirit. I'll never fly Spirit again after I flew back one on one of our first Tampa trips when we tried to stay up all night. I flew Spirit at like 6.30 in the morning the next morning. Yeah, I did that. The, Almost died. I, I did that and forgot my suitcase <laughs> in, Tam in so, Tampa. We mentioned Garrett Cole, and he he shoved in the first game against, against uh, the Orioles. It was the first game of the doubleheader. It was something that the team needed so desperately because he needed to set the tone for the weekend. And setting tone emotional things like those do matter in certain situations and when you have your 324 million dollar man on the mound in the first game of a series that you need to bury a team to just kick them away sweep them away we don't want to deal with you for the playoffs anymore that's exactly the performance that he needed and the yankees needed i don't think that can be overstated especially at the first game of a doubleheader you know after the rain out the night before you yep. know save the bullpen yeah. go the distance even though complete game air quotes <laughs> Do they, uh, so that's the thing, like when you're, do they get credit for a complete game at seven? I don't nope. think they do, right? Nope. It's not a complete game. It wouldn't have been a no hitter. It wouldn't have been a perfect game. None yeah. of that. So the, um, it's, I mean, it, look, you, you, everything you said is true, even though it's, I can't, I still can't believe that we're saying this against the Orioles. It is what it is. We're here. Sure. But at the same time, like you're looking at, at the situation in front of him as well. Like if he comes out and doesn't pitch well, has the same thing happened last time and gets knocked around you know, in that fifth or sixth inning or whatever. And the Yankees have to, you know, empty their bullpen. And, you know, a lot of things could go badly. And then all of a sudden you have that second game now too for things to mount on top of. It was a big, exactly. it was a big game. It was a big, uh, it was a big set the tone for the day too because of the, uh, because of the two games on the, uh, on the stint. But yeah, so glad he, glad he rebounded, man. It was exactly what we needed to see. 114 pitches. That was his high on the season and his high, if you go back all the way to last year, his previous high was 113 uh, in 2019 with Houston, not previous high, but high uh, since 2019 was 113. I thought it was interesting that Boone put him out there for the seventh after he was already at 100 pitches and the Yankees had a big lead, but I liked it. Cole was dominating and it was a situation where we saved the bullpen. He's going to go out there. He's going to finish this off 
and we're going to save the bullpen. It's not like he was laboring through 100 pitches. He was he was dominating through 100 pitches. This is one of those moments where we've been criticizing Boone a lot for the way that he in game manages in game and like handles situations. And I, I just I, I have a feeling I didn't listen to the post game, so I don't know if he addressed this. But the when when you have a guy like Cole who has 100 pitches going, you know, through um, through six innings, has one more to go to to finish the game off. That's that's when you go and you have a conversation with your guy, like, oh, how you feeling? You're the the standard stuff. How you feeling? How's the arm? Location good? Like all these things. And when Garrett Cole tells you that he's good and wants to finish the game in that situation, in that moment, setting the tone for the doubleheader, setting the tone for a series that they have to win, understanding that he got knocked around a little bit later in the game, um, uh, on in his last start, and he says, yes, I want to finish this one. You say okay. You say, okay, you don't look at your numbers, you sit your ass on the bench, and you understand that last time has nothing to do with had nothing to do with like, you know, him throwing too many pitches to get hurt. Like these types of guys, that doesn't happen. Something else happens. No, I mean, there is a limit. You're not gonna let him throw 130 pitches. Of, of but, course. But um, I'm talking about in this situation where he was. He was at hundred pitches. I'm not talking about a a situation where there was 115 pitches already thrown. It's hundred pitches. He's got one more to go. You listen to your guy. At that point, you know that the 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 positives far exceed what you know what could happen. And I think in that moment you're looking at a guy who's trying to show leadership to the rest of the the team, the rest of the pitching rotation, and goes out there and just finishes the game. And that's a great moral boost for the guy that you absolutely need at his best for the rest of the season. You can't mess with that. That's a very, very fragile thing. If you sit him down and you're like, I don't believe you, that's there's a there's a there's a really fine line there. And let's be clear, Garrett Cole's the only pitcher on the staff you're sending out in that situation. Right. Anyone else at 100 pitches, you're pulling them, which is, I think, the right call. Sure. Garrett Cole, you send him back Especially, out Especially, you know, it was 5 nothing, right? Six. Uh, actually, the Yankees, it was 6 it was nothing six, so, heading into the top of the yeah, seven. Yeah, I mean, even it's you could you could definitely say six runs even, you know, at that point. Like, Garrett, sit your ass down. But he didn't. He he. Garrett Cole obviously said something to him, or he just didn't even go to him. There was, there was a clear message there, whether it was said or unsaid. That they uh, they knew what was happening, and but I think the situation also was part of this because say this exact scenario happened on Thursday night and it's a nine inning game. I think they probably pull him after six innings and a hundred pitches. Probably, yeah, because he's not finishing it at that point. Right, exactly. But so I think the situation finishing the game played a factor, and and let's also be clear: as great of a performance as this was, it's also a lot of pitches for six and it seven is. innings. It, it is so, a lot of pitches. <laughs> you, ideally, you're not at 114 pitches through seven who, innings. Who, you're uh, at 114 who, pitches through eight or nine who, innings. Because last year, he pitched eight innings three times with the Astros, 101 pitches or less through eight innings. Yeah. So he's capable of doing it. Yeah, the efficiency wasn't there. It was a, it was, it was a little strange because he was getting swings and misses. So the, when you look at... He got the, 27 total swings and misses, yeah. 19% on his fastball, 19%. That's that magic number we talked about last year. 19% swings and misses on the fastball. That's why he didn't give up home runs. That's why he was unhittable. But he also did throw a lot of pitches. Like, both can be true. That is true. Uh, who caught those 114 pitches? Interesting question, Scott. That would be one Kyle Higashioka. Uh, so that's, um, that's feels like, it definitely feels like they're giving pitchers different opportunities to be caught by different guys. It's like they're, to be they're fair, sprinkling it around. To be fair, Higgy caught him last time against Baltimore, and he got hit around in the fifth inning. So he wants to right the ship with Higgy. He wants to finish the job. He wants to see one through with Higgy. Are you saying there is a Garrett Cole catcher controversy? I'm not saying there's a catcher controversy. I'm saying that it's interesting to see that, you know, as soon as I pose that question, is so, so, is, is so-and-so part of the problem? There's been a lot of different catchers catching uh, Garrett Cole. For the first, for the first time gonna, all season, who do you think is going to catch him in his upcoming start on Tuesday? Uh, probably Gary Sanchez. Probably that's what I'm leaning to. If it is Higgy again, I think we got a problem. We got to look to see. I don't think it's a problem, but we have to see. It's not a problem right now. It's definitely not a problem. What whatever gives Garrett Cole the best opportunity to pitch well, I could care less who's back there between the three of them. Honestly. It doesn't matter because the offense doesn't change. Well, because Gary's because Gary's not hitting. But I, what I meant was we have a catcher personal catcher problem. 
where I think there is a personal catcher. If Garrett Cole says to Boone, hey, I really clicked with Higgy in that last start, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and Higgy's out there to catch him, I think that's a thing at that point. Not a problem. Don't use the word problem. It's a thing if he if he catches his next start. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I'm calling it right now. It's a thing if he catches his next what start. What if Kratz catches but, his so, next start? No, it's not a thing. <laughs> but I would say then that would mean uh, four of the last five starts from Garrett Cole yeah. have been caught either by Higgy or Kratz. But if you're not going to catch Gary Sanchez, then why wouldn't it be Higgy at that point? You know, because Kratz is an offensive juggernaut. Oh right. So I mean, but so I mean, you asked a very important question: Who caught Garrett Cole? I think an equally important question is: Was that complete game seven inning shutout his signature Yankee moment, or did he earn his pinstripes? <sighs> Come on. You cannot be calling. You cannot be calling the the signature oh, Yankee don't moment. Don't fall for the joke, Scott. Don't earn fall your pinch. People are falling for it. I saw this on Twitter. There were some people. There are people falling for this crap. <laughs> they fall it's for the, it every time. It's the Yankees versus never the stop Orioles <laughs> on September fourteenth. Yeah, situations are different. There was more at stake. He just did his job. Is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what Garrett Cole said. You can't have a moment or earn your pinch either. When there's a stadium that's completely empty, <laughs> that's a that, so that's a thing that we talked about at the beginning of the season. Like Garrett Cole's going to kind of have two first seasons with the Yankees. Hopefully, I hopefully you know as long as none of well, it's either going to come in 2021 or 2022. Or at some point, it's going to come. Right? Do you think we get to go to a Garrett Cole game in this nine-year contract? <laughs> I hope so. No, I think that is different. I think when you look at um, guys having their moments or their pin, earning their pinstripes or whatever it is, just having that moment, whatever you call it, you got to have the fans there. You can't you can't have that moment without the fans. That's weird. We we crown the moment. Isn't that true? Don't the fans crown the moment? So like you're the moment happens. In order... The moment happens, but the goddamn fans are crowning that moment. If you don't have fans in the stands, it doesn't it doesn't hit. But. Can you earn your pinstripes or have your signature Yankees moment if it's on the road in the playoffs? I guess that's a. I, I see where you're going with that. Um, I, I yeah, you could, for sure. Jim Larritz had his no doubt signature Yankee moment yes. on the road in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Game Six ni- or Game uh, Four, 1996, mm-hmm. and he shut those fans up. He shut them mm-hmm. up. But there were fans, so it can ha- it can happen. It can happen, I guess. I don't know. We haven't seen it, so maybe. When it happens, we'll, we'll identify that it's happened. I'm trying to think of I kinda, other I kinda, signature. I want that moment to be when when people are in the stands. Like we we deserve to be there for a moment like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think of other signature Yankee moments, and a lot of them are in October in front of the Yankee fan, like in front of Yankee fans, like Didi Gregorius. Like I know he's not with the Yankees anymore, but that wild card home run got- against the Twins, Goosies. You just got I did, goosies? I did, I got him because that's a signature Yankee moment right there. Yeah, he hit them, he hit both of them practically at us in the stands. So they were they were, you know, very personal moments too. And that's the thing. As fans, you get you get these intimate personal moments, whether it's you know, whether you think it's uh between you and the player or you and the 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 you know the other forty thousand people around you, like there's there's a there's just a different feeling when you're in the when you're in the building. So well, so I was expecting Michael Kay to drop a signature Yankee moment on us after that win because he's done it in the regular season before. He did it for John Carlos Stanton for a, for a a uh, June walk-off home run against the Mariners in 2018. It's hard to do that, though, when you're as a pitcher, I think, to like get that momentum for, for the excitement for an actual call to come out. You know, unless it's like a perfect, a game, perfect or game or yeah, even a no-hitter, I could see that. But for just like... Doing your job against the Orioles, it's, that's tough. <laughs> well, because I think he's Garrett also not Cole, feeling. Thought, he's also not feeling the crowd. Like I can, as an announcer, that's also got to be a little tough to like get your get your momentum up, get your energy up with no crowd. Like that's mm-hmm. that's strange. It's like dancing without music. As far as Garrett Cole is concerned, like that was his best start of the season, and it was a big game for the Yankees. But I thought his biggest start, and he failed in this, was against Tampa two weeks ago against Tyler Glass now in the first game of that three-game series in which the Yankees needed to win if they wanted to still have a, a chance at the division. And it was 2 nothing before we could blink, the, blink an eye because G-Man Choi hit a home run. G-Man, He-Man. Yeah, that's 
that's one of those that's one of those moments you want back it's one of those moments you want back and that's really one of those that you know maybe there's a um there's not as long of a slide if, if that guy comes out and, and beats glass now right Who knows? even though sports had a break your business didn't you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. And I've used this before to hire. Let me tell you, $75, you're probably going to get your candidate. You're going to get a ton of candidates with that amount of credit. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Did someone say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the goals and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is finally pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of Return to Sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Another guy that looked good over the weekend was Montgomery. And that that was important because he had looked like poopy in his uh, previous two starts. Speaking of poopy, we will talk about Aralds Chapman. But Jordan Montgomery looked good. Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery looked really good. This is the guy that we wanted to see. This is the guy that we had kind of expected to see. So he's different. He He's a different type of pitcher, obviously, than, than a guy like Garrett Cole who, who establishes dominance on that fastball. Jordan Montgomery comes out and just... You know he will he will go slow and curve and slow and curve and now all of a sudden he's got potential 95 96 to to add to that when his curveball is right when his breaking stuff is right because the changeup is in there as well but when his when his breaking stuff is right he's really hard to hit he's got weird arm angles he does have a different type of delivery that I think he gives you a different look um, and this was exactly what we wanted to see he pitched really well uh, and it was it was awesome because. We just hadn't seen it yet from him. And I, again, I don't know how much of this has to do with his rehab being just weird and coming off of Tommy John and, you know, getting back into a groove. It takes time for these guys to to find that that feeling again, I think, you know, just find the whole body feeling, whatever, you know, landing a certain way and feeling a certain way, having your arm slot hit a certain way, the, the release hitting a certain way. There's just a lot of different feelings that you want as a pitcher to to be under your control or to be able to be identified really well so that you can um so that you can you know redo these mechanics over and over again uh and and create that muscle memory and i think that maybe he's getting to that point who knows but i'm not going to over dramatize one start but he looked really good yeah and he, he was pulled in the sixth inning after the game was tied but it wasn't even really his fault gardner set that inning up by yeah, allowing Alberto to reach second base on what would have been a single. And then if you look at the next three batters, I know you can't project what would happen based on what what is that called? The fallacy of the predetermined outcome or something. Sure. Michael K always has a term for it. But he got the next three guys to fly yeah. out. So it's like if Gardner just fields that ball cleanly in left center field and holds him to a single, nothing hurt. We're talking about we're talking about six innings, six shutout innings there. Instead, he ends up being pulled with 72 pitches. I get why he was pulled. They had a, a rested bullpen, Chad Green, Zach Britton, or Aldis Chapman. But at the same time, Montgomery was f- cruising, and the one run he gave up wasn't even really his fault. Yeah. No. I, the 
uh, it's it's getting it's getting very frustrating seeing guys pulled at 66. But it's Jordan 72. Montgomery. It's I know, not Garrett Cole. I know. It's it's Jordan Montgomery. It's Masio Tanaka getting Fine. pulled. But but if this, but that that's what we're gonna get. But, but that's the problem. That's that's a big problem when that's that becomes the the counter argument. The every other name besides Garrett Cole, literally. That's that's the every other yeah, name. But that's Garrett Cole, that's who your that pitcher, that's be. who your pitchers that are. That can't be. There needs to be a longer leash at some point. For I don't, I don't care if you're both. It's a one to one game. I understand that. With a full okay, so let's bullpen. put in the bullpen that's been really good too, because that matters. Because hold on a second, let me get a let me get a better opportunity. <laughs> you got to get your bullpen going at let some point. Let me get a better opportunity putting in these guys. So you know they shut the door. They, they shut did. The door. I, look, it worked. It worked. It's fine. You know we're we're talking about this with positive with positive things to say because it worked. If it didn't work, then you know we're killing him. We're killing him if that bullpen gives up the lead, uh, and and he's only throwing seventy two pitches after being very very good and looking almost unhittable so it's 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 it really depends on the outcome to, to be very honest i don't like their their pulling well, no, that, but that see that's unfair because no, I'm saying sometimes the, the, you the can way make... that people are talking about these things are definitely outcome dependent yeah well those people are stupid because sometimes boone can make the right decision and it just doesn't work out and sometimes he can make the wrong and that's decision. fine we've we and addressed that we out. call that out when when uh when the moment is right but here's my thing this can't be a norm at 72 pitches. I'm sorry. I don't care if the, if it's a tie game. At 72 pitches, you have to have some confidence. And there were, what, two outs with that? You know, get through the inning. There needs to be some confidence with the pitcher knowing that he can get out of an inning like that. Like, there's just none at this point. They don't even think they have the ability to do it anymore. So it's like they can't even... Well, this season, certainly, they're not conditioned to do it. That's why Masahiro Tanaka is getting his tank empty at 66 pitches. Yeah. Look, I know it's this is more of a a thing moving forward, but they got to get beyond this. They really do. They no, have to get I'm past it. I'm with you. I'm it's totally not sustainable. With you. And in an ideal world, you have Garrett Cole next season. You have Garrett Cole and Luis Severino who can pitch more than maybe some other guys. So you have two out of five. Yeah. Um, Aroldis Chapman had some Mother Nature call on the mound in the ninth inning, and apparently that's why he was acting weird and smiling. <laughs> After he got the final out, I don't know if he actually pooped himself or he had to poop or he sharted. <laughs> I'm guessing sh- a shart situation happened. I mean, we've all been there. I've been there. I've told the story on the podcast before. Yeah, but I was 13 years old in the Washington D.C. airport. We don't need. We don't need to hear. We don't need to hear it again. I shit myself. Oh, I shit myself. The look. I don't think he shit himself. I, I know everybody's I everybody's going there because it's it's more it's funnier. And that's fine. If we want to go that way, like I feel like it it made Chapman more endearing. <laughs> if he shits himself, he becomes Somehow. he becomes more of a guy. <laughs> He's more relatable, right? Like I think if 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 Chapman is out there and and cannot control, he has all of these, you know, this this guy is a a massive human being does like you know why because he probably took too many supplements, too many protein too supplements. Protein. He's doing all those squats. Protein gives you the shirts. So fine, we could go with it that he oh, shit himself. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. Sharted, not full poopy. Yeah, shart. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a full poopy. I just when you're when you're in a game pants. like that, when you're in a moment like that, yeah, you, it's yeah, it's going to be really serious for it to to happen because almost like your body shuts down when you're out doing yeah. things, right? Like your body like I, yeah. psychologically is no more. It's not like you see yeah. the bathroom well, and you're like, oh, there it is. I gotta go. Because you know what happens with your body when when the when the end is in sight, you're like, oh, I now I need to sprint to it because I my Here body it knows Here it's it there. Comes. That's what happened yeah. to me when I was outside Yankee Stadium. I had to take a leak, but when the bathrooms were closed and locked, I'm like, well, this it's my body's it's already decided out. what's happening. There's there's, there's no other right option at this point. Yeah, so they're uh, they're laughing about it. They get like 15 guys out on the mound to make sure he's not hurt. He's like, no, I just got to take a dump. Can you guys hurry up, get back in there, so I can, so I can go? Yeah, he had something chasing. I'm surprised him. this doesn't happen more. He often, had something though, chasing. Aren't you? aren't you surprised this doesn't happen more? No, often? they have all this time to take a dump in the bathrooms. Go before you come in. No, Maybe, but for starting pitchers, I would actually like to talk to a starting pitcher about this because he is in between innings. Sometimes you just got to take a shit, and sometimes you might not have the time to go. You might not want to go take a dump. If your team goes down one, two, three, you got to get back out there. Yeah, but as soon as you walk in that dugout uh, from the the previous inning, you better sprint and not fall with metal cleats because I could see that happening. 
Don't do, especially for the Yankees this year. Who's surprised? They who got to have rubber mats. Who is down, surprised right? that Araldis Chapman didn't ice skate and pull a hammy on the way to taking a dump with his cleats on? That would have been a great one. That would have been a very 2020 remember, thing to happen. Do you remember the Chanho Park diarrhea clip? Where he's asked after a game, like what what was wrong? Is I had a lot of diarrhea. I had a lot of diarrhea. That's what I thought of the chap. See now, if you're if you're trying to control something like that, which is much harder to control. Yeah, yeah, should have. So, have we got any analysis on to see if the uh, if there was discoloration in the white Yankee uniform? I feel like that would have been that's a bad uniform sure. to be wearing. Uh, exactly, I'm sure someone zoomed in on his butt. <laughs> Uh, one other takeaway I had from this weekend, Jonathan Holder has skipped ahead of Adam Adovino in the bullpen. That's not hard to do. No, but I'm just saying it's happened. Okay, good. Adovino's trash. Yeah, <laughs> Holder's been pitching good. Adovino's been trash. Uh, I mean, Luis Sessa should be ahead of Adovino at this point. Oh, well, Loisica's coming Loisica back. Loisica should be ahead of Adovino he? at this point. I don't trust him as far okay. as I can throw him. So it goes Chapman, Britton, Green. Then who? Holder? I mean, you know I'm a you know I'm a Luis Sessa guy. He's a he's a, okay. he's a Luis Sessa is not guy. up next. Luis Sessa is not up next. If Jonathan Holder is right, I guess you could understand. You could see that we've seen some really bad Jonathan Holder, in, you know, in the past year and a half. So, yeah. I, and I and I've seen Luis Sessa be a better pitcher. So I don't really know how you're saying that with definitive. You know, I'm saying tone. it with definitive. Before we get to eye test versus nerd test. Have we seen the last pitch thrown in a Yankee uniform by James Paxton? Because he was shut down for a couple days after feeling sore from throwing on Wednesday. Boone said, I don't think he re-injured it or anything. I think he's just a little sore from the volume of throwing. But I mean, look at the schedule at this point. How the hell, He's 17 days left in the regular season. How the hell is he going to come back? Yeah, I mean, if so we've, we've definitely seen this with some of these rehab stints in the past where they, uh, they have a little bit of soreness coming back. We're all like, oh, shh this is it this is it and then all of a sudden the guy's back like very fast stanton was one of them i think that happened last year maybe when he got you know we thought it was going to be a longer shelf and then all of a sudden he's back so i'm not ready to say that yet if if it you know if that discomfort or the soreness doesn't go away you know in a in a normal amount of time or, or subdued subside then uh then yeah he's probably done any setbacks at this point would be done for sure exactly and i thought he was only going to come back just to show that he can get back on a, on a mound so Scott Boris can dupe somebody into into paying him this offseason. But at this point, I don't see how it's possible. And you're certainly not going to throw him out there in the playoffs after he stunk already this season, and then he's coming back from injury. So yeah, I think it's it for James Paxton. I don't expect the Yankees to re-sign him because of the injury issue. So if that's it for Paxton, does Cashman take a loss on that trade? Justice Sheffield is pitching well. You have to. Justice Sheffield... This season, I know he spent last season mostly in AAA, and James Paxson was good for the Yankees last year. But right now, Justice Sheffield is a young 24-year-old pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, lefty. He's thrown 44 innings, has a 4.06 ERA, and a 3.11 FIP. 3.11 FIP is very, very good. I just, when I see the two players, when I saw like what the potential was, even at the trade, I'm looking at it now, I still like the trade. I just didn't. I wasn't a believer in Justice Sheffield on Fair. the major leagues, in the major league level, and I still don't think he's going to have like a great career by any means. I think it's going to be very mediocre. But so I, I don't think they. You know, I know he was the number one prospect at the time. I just personally, just looking at the player, I didn't think it was. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a, a successful run for him in the Yankee uniform anyway. So I think the upside was definitely with Paxton, in my in my opinion. Well, there's especially especially the short-term upside to help winning a World Series yeah. was there with Paxton. And Cashman has tried to do this time after time after time. He has identified what this team needs is a young, controllable starting pitcher. I'm going to go out there and get it on the trade market. I'm going to go out there and trade for Michael Pineda. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, I'm going to go out there and trade for Nathan Avaldi. Oh, no, that, that didn't work. Oh, I know. I'm going to go trade for Sonny Gray. Shit, that one didn't work out. Let me go get James Paxton. Oh, he got injured again? Weird. Oh, let's go all the way back. I'm going to go out there and get Javier Vasquez. Nope, nope. He couldn't pitch in New York. How about Jeff Weaver? I'm going to go out and get Jeff Weaver. Nope, that one didn't work either. Every time he tries to do this, he fails. He fails. He has not been able to do this ever. You know what's frustrating, though, is that when you look around, like, and how much of this can we put on Brian Cashman when you, when you get down to brass tacks and look at the actual performance of players? Because... 
Because Sunny Gray's a great Sunny Gray's now? Sunny Gray's executing like no other. You you see, um, I'm I. I was stalling to look at Michael Pineda's stats, and oh yeah, he's pitching to a three five seven ERA. I don't look; I'm just looking at. And last last year though, he. Was, I, I understand he was that. Like, there, there's just it's a it's it's irritating when you see a guy that is going out there and, um, you know, he's only thrown uh, th- three games. I don't know how many innings, seventeen innings. So it doesn't matter. He'll he'll put his arms up, and uh, and act like a car wash or a, a car sales. Uh, I mean, didn't Panetta get busted for for PEDs last Did he? year? I don't know. He's been out of sight, out of mind. He was injured. I know that. The thing is, when you Maybe when you see when you see guys that are successful outside of the organization, it's extremely frustrating. Uh, guys that were supposed to come over, and we kind of we thought we knew what they were, or thought we knew what the potential was. Because you look back at that Panetta trade, that was a young, controllable guy that would that looked like he had top of the rotation stuff, and. You mm-hmm. gave up. Well, he did. He showed it. He, I mean, he, yeah, he had certain times top of the rotation stuff, but the ability to be that guy, and it just didn't work out. And I don't know if is that because of the player? Is that because of the way that the Yankees approached it? it has to do with the 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 pitching coordinator? Like what? All of the above, probably. So, is it necessarily on Cashman for talent evaluation? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Pineda got busted for steroids last okay. year. I was right. right. But uh so no, well, it's on it's on Cashman and the organization for failing to identify who can and cannot pitch in New York. It's a thing. And Cashman has admitted it's a thing. Because after he traded away Sonny Gray, he was asked the question point blank, could he just not pitch in New York? And he didn't say no, Sonny Gray couldn't pitch in New York, but he said it's something they discussed, that they acknowledge that it's real. And that for whatever reason, pitching in New York is more difficult than pitching in Cincinnati or pitching in Minnesota or pitching. We in talked Oakland. to Oakland reporters about this, uh, and, and the, their beat reporters were saying, "Like, yeah, it, it was a thing." Then I can't believe they didn't ask any of us or, or talk to any of us because yeah. we would have told them, you know, what we thought of his his demeanor post game. I and mean, he was having a hard time when things were when things were struck. When Sonny Gray isn't going well, that's when that's when the snowball effect happens because. People will ask him about that, and he gets very defensive. And he doesn't know how to handle it. And then when you have like thirty people asking him about it with pointed questions, with you know, I don't give an f uh, tone in their voice, like New York reporters, then it becomes a different story than fluff in Cincinnati with your pitching coach that you have, like you know, he has your binky. So failing to identify talent, like it's not hard to identify Michael Pineda's talent or Sonny Gray's talent. Or James Paxson's talent. You can just look at their Fangraphs page and yeah, see. Yeah, but you're right. No, that that's guy's not fair because you're well. identifying talent but and no, then but putting listen. together a package of of other players who also either do or do not have talent for that player. And if you look at the okay, people but, that they gave up, that Crashby gave up, he's a given up jack shit. No, no, fine. But the players he's gotten haven't given them jack shit. So yes, we know Sonny Gray can pitch and has the ability to pitch. That wasn't something that only Brian Cashman found out, but he did not find out if Sonny Gray could pitch in New York. So, he didn't find out if James Paxton could pitch in New so York. So then how much of that? And Paxton has pitched well, but he didn't stay healthy. Like we said when the Yankees traded for James Paxton, oh yeah, he, his numbers look pretty good, healthy. but he's never pitched more than 150 innings in a right. season. Yes. No. And, and then the next conversation was like... And then we're like, shocked when he's Then the next conversation was like, injured? oh, well, you know, that's that's based on... that's. Uh, that's right in line with how the Yankees treat their starting pitchers. That's perfect. No, but like, so the guy can't stay on the field for a full season, and then we're surprised when he doesn't stay on the season uh, on the field for a full season. No, no, no we're not. That's no, I don't think anybody's surprised about that. The, the the problem with that also goes to the construction of the team and how they're relying way too heavily on the bullpen. They're like, oh, 150 pitches. Kind of know that. Like, there's going to be an opportunity where he's going to be on the shelf, and we're going to have to, you know, carry some of those starts. Good thing we good thing we invested in the bullpen. It's such a backward, back ass way of thinking and constructing a team. They're like, oh, we're going to be because innovative. it's like, oh, let me get a guy, let me get a damaged guy for cheap for for less than I would normally pay for him, right? If James Paxton was a durable starting pitcher, he wouldn't have so gotten. So you, you have for to outweigh you have, you weigh the risk with the with the reward, the value prop on who you're giving up, and all of these things that are going into consideration. If you as a team, you have an organization, didn't really believe in. Um, in Justice Sheffield, which again I don't think they did, then I'm fine with playing the um, the upside for 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 that player because it was almost a one to one. You're playing. I am the too. I'm not saying I'm not saying I would. I don't blame Cashman for making the trade, but when you look at his resume of pl- pitchers he's tried to do this with, he's he's over. He's batting zero. 
Jay Happ and eventually Jay Happ ha- worked out midseason when on their first contract. No, no, Jay Happ is not in this category. What I'm talking about the category of being a young pre-free agent stealing, pitcher stealing, you're trading away stealing prospects from for. someone else. Yes, he's not been able to do it. He's tried it, and he's going to continue to try because it works. If you can, he's if done you can it on the offensive it, side, it works. Okay, if you can get top end starting pitching for. Three million bucks a year. Guess what? That's beneficial to your team. That's not groundbreaking. But he has not been able to find the right player yet. Well, you got to call it out. You got to call it like it is. Eventually, you got to look at the scoreboard and see he is 0 for 1, 2, 3. I agree. Four, five, I, no, six, look, seven. I think a lot of this. He's 0 for 7 of names I can just remember. There are evaluations beyond talent. There's no doubt. I'm not giving him a pass by any means. I think there's also just more to the conversation and be like, okay, well, he got the guy in the building who's got the talent. They understood, they identified that there was a problem with Sonny Gray. Why did, you know, and maybe there was a, a plan in place underneath him. At some point, that plan failed. At some point, that failed. the plan failed or it just didn't work the way that they thought it was going to work because the reaction of the player mm-hmm. didn't work. I don't know. There was a failure somewhere along those lines. You know, whether you, you're blaming Larry Rothschild or whoever you're blaming for the, the woes of Sonny Gray or just literally because they didn't bring his... Vanderbilt pitching coach in the building. <laughs> Maybe that was the, the answer. If you Sonny Gray comes in the building, you better goddamn well bring his babysitter or he's not going to pitch well. <laughs> like, is that the answer? Because that's what Maybe, it seems to be. But th- that still deserves, wh- whatever the reason is, you deserve criticism if it doesn't sure. work out. I like, I, I like the attempts because he's not giving mm-hmm. up anything. No, he's not going to give up. He's going to keep doing this. Yeah, good. I love, the, I, love, I love potential and upside. All right, I got a couple eye tests versus nerd tests before we finish. The first one is, is Brett Gardner done? The eye test says, I think Brett Gardner is done, even though Aaron Boone continues to pencil him into the three spot in the order, which he did on Friday. And and what was, he's got, as soon as you tweeted that out, as soon as you tweeted that out. He went two for two with a home run, a walk, but he did get caught stealing twice. So, but overall in the season, he's got an 88 WRC plus, which means he's 12% below league average. Under 200 batting average, right around 300 on base percentage. I mean, look at his stat cast ranks. As far as exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected weighted on base average, expecting batting average, expected slugging, barrel percentage, K percentage, they're all bad. It's all bad. And the thing that really is telling for me is Brett Gardner is negative on defense. Minus one outs above average in 2020 for the first time ever in his career. I know, I know, small sample alert. But use the eye test with Brett Gardner overall. He's not the same player, and he's not even the same player as he was last year. So Part of this eye test, nerd test, I, I, gotta, I gotta call this out. I, I feel like it's going in a direction that's not good for the nerds. Because every, it seems like every time we have a, a segment, eye test, nerd test, you can see the thing with the eyes and then the nerds just backing it up like okay thanks nerd thanks for the numbers thanks for the calculations i already knew that it's uh, yes the eye test is telling me that why why is why is boone continuing to play him and continuing and batting him third on certain days like the the nerd test says the dude's done he shouldn't so maybe this is a good sign in the sense that uh, they're not listening to to the nerds as much in a in the offensive side of the ball beyond evaluating players like in game maybe it's not as as important which i kind of agree to it shouldn't be because of the small sample size of things this is or more is of a loyalty. Just, i need to break up the righties with a this lefty. is no, this is yeah well it's that too because that's that's a thing but it's also brett gardner like oh i trust him to work out of it i trust you you, you can hear boone saying it he's a veteran guy he's i trust him to work out of it he's gonna have good at bats he's good for the team all of these things he's not going anywhere <laughs> i had a Someone tweeted me over the weekend. It was it was a really good, clever point. So the righty-lefty thing. We get mad when Brett Gardner bats third to break up the righties because it's asinine. Why would you want Brett Gardner up more than Glaber Torres or more than Clint Frazier or more than some of these good right-handed hitters, right? So we say, well, if you're so analytically driven where it doesn't matter if a guy's righty or lefty, what are his stats say? Just bat those guys first. Like that's where we think the Yank. That's where Brian Cashman is building this team, and then Aaron Boone puts out a lineup where he is righty lefty focused. Where Brett Gardner, even though he sucks, is batting lefty just because he's lefty. So the the tweet said like, okay, if you're gonna if you want to construct your lineup righty lefty, how about go out and get a good left handed hitter? Don't just bat a guy left handed because he's Brett Gardner. Bat him because he's a good left handed hitter. 
So where's the breakdown there? That That's kind of the point of Cashman doing the things he's supposed to do by getting the people there. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the guys who are managing said player or said lineup is now doing it differently. But that's a problem. Yeah. You have to have... So, have but, to but, have but what you're asking what we're asking to do is that the manager just to manage based on what the uh, GM has done. Every day. Well, yes, every absolutely. Day. No, no, you every manage day. based on the roster you every get. Every day. No, 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 with nothing changing. Like, you just... that's Those decisions are already made for you. Um, well, I mean, obviously there's in-game decisions, but something like a lineup when the Yankees are out there with three or four replacement players, you just literally look at the stats and say, who are my best hitters right now? I'm ordering them one, two, three, four, five, and then I'm putting all my shitty hitters at the bottom. I guess. That is not hard to do. It's not going to happen, though, because there's going to be factors that determine what what goes into a, a given lineup. Oh, yeah. So like, oh, we don't want a lefty coming in or a tough righty coming in. We want it to break it up. It doesn't matter that tough righty's going to pitch to Brett Gardner. He's not scaring anyone right Brett now. Brett Gardner had a good game in that three spot. Love it. He got thrown out twice uh, stealing. Well, you don't so, want, well, this, you don't, this just, goes, you know, to this, be fair, you don't want your number three hitter stealing bases. <laughs> right, right. This goes into the second eye test versus nerd test, which is Clint Frazier's defense. And the eye test is that it's much improved, at least league average. You agree? Oh, my God. Yes. The comfort level, the eye test is telling me that that man is comfortable out in the field and is has exercised his demons. Yes. Nerd test backs that up. Shocking. Two outs above Shocking. average. Thanks, thanks, nerds. Last year, he was minus 12 outs above average in 2019. And then as far as DRS goes, he's plus three in right field. He barely has played left field, which I find interesting and a little concerning. He's only really played right field. I get it. Aaron Judge is hurt. But does that mean when Aaron Judge returns, Clint Frazier's not going to play left field? Because he absolutely should be the starting left fielder when Aaron Judge returns. You agree? Oh, there's no doubt. He's the starting left fielder. This is this is uh, you know, this is what we've been talking about. He's he's taking the job for next year. I mean, this was, you know, the having having the uh the Brett Gardner test before this was was a nice setup in the sense that you're looking at the guy Thank who's you. taking his job. Like this is what we thought. This is why you don't trade Clint Frazier right now because there's a clear opportunity for left field. And we talked about in the past, like who is the other? Is it Talkman? Is there a battle between Talkman and Frazier? I, I think you and Talkman's not playing you, well. early in the season. You were like, no, there's there. That's not a thing. It's not really between, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm confusing myself. And we're saying it was between Talkman and Frazier, and not between Gardner. Gardner's, you know, for all intents and purposes, gone next year. Oh, yeah, do we agree on that? I agree. Like there's no way yeah, they they're not going to pick up his option. They're not going to pick up yeah, his option. I just can't see it, especially with the way Clint Frazier has played. You're waiting for him to prove he can play good defense and hit, and he's done both. And of those oh, things. by the way, mature as a as a human being and a player. It seems like like he's groans up. Like this kid has groans up and groans up and groans up. And when you see so that, so what if out they there, trade him though? What if they trade him because his value is high? It's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> Let's not what trade a guy trade that's for a actually young, turning into a player. Starting let's not tra- let's not trade a guy who's turning into a player that we th- that we were hoping he'd turn into and could oh, be a, no, this is what's a mainstay happen. in your in your lineup for ten years. I just figured out what's going to happen. Brett Gardner's going to have a final two weeks that are pretty solid. It's going to dupe the Yankees into bringing him back on his option. Brian Cashman's going to trade Clint Frazier for a young, controllable starting pitcher who's going to poop his pants for real, like Geraldo Chapman did. Because he can't pitch in the Bronx. That's what's going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because I don't think Clint Frazier is going anywhere. I think Clint Frazier has actually really, really proven a lot to this organization. He identified that this was a pivotal year for him, whether he was on this team or not on this team. He just, Mm -hmm. he had to figure it out. He had to get... Could have been a career maker break I think it has been. He He had to figure everything out. The off the field, the on the field, the defense, you know, consistent offense tweaking things, making, you know, having good, uh, good zoom calls, good zoom etiquette. Yeah. That's probably been a very big positive for him as well. He doesn't have microphones in his face. He's controlling that, that part of it. So good for him, man. And no, you do not trade that man. You keep him on your roster and you plug him into left field every day. He's got a 270 batting average, 383 on base percentage, which is fantastic. 14.4% walk rate, which is the highest of his career, and a 146 WRC+. Those are all really good numbers. Couple that with the slightly above average defense, and you got yourself a player. I'm just curious why they have not given him any time in left field. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's, there's too many guys to stack over there. It seems like they're putting everybody and their brother over in left field as like the catch-all. So... 
they wanted some consistency in right field while Aaron Judge was gone. Maybe. And giving him Maybe. an opportunity to settle into a position, you know, whether it's doesn't matter where it is necessarily, just to get that comfort level in the outfield, I think is a get some confidence a big in the deal outfield. For him. Yeah, yeah. You know, not well, left field at Yankee Stadium is diff- sure. more difficult than right field. But just having the the air of confidence to be able to go out into the field and play, you know, a, a confident defensive position, uh, I think is big for him. Yeah, and I'm going to be uh, Yankee fans are going to be mad. I'm going to be mad if when Judge returns, Clint Frazier's not starting left field every. I don't see how it's possible. It, I really don't. <laughs> I see how it's possible. It's, just, it's such a significant drop off though offensively and and defensively after and and defensively just, now. Yeah, I mean Gardner uh, almost blew the game for us the other day with that little with that little, you know, um flub of the ground ball. Bobble. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been a really good year for Clint Frazier. I think he's maybe taken the the biggest step forward out of anyone on this team. Yeah, that's fair to say. I think he's done a, a really really good job. He's it's not even a step forward. It's it's a it's a one eighty. Defensively, yeah. it's a one eighty, and offensively, Definitely. we all knew that you know what what he could be. Um, and then just just in general, like his attitude towards the game, it seems like uh, you know it's hard to say because we only see him in short times, but has changed. All right, that's it for this episode. I know you guys sent in a couple of mailbag questions, but we have run out of time. So we will do those next episode and continue to submit them. We can do more. Go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast, or you can send them to the Twitter account at Yankees Podcast. Also suggest some eye tests versus nerd tests. Scott, any last words? Yeah, let's take advantage of this day off. Nice little day off. Regroup, get the body going, get uh, get ready for the 17-game stretch. The stretch run down into, uh, you know, through Tampa or uh, Toronto, gotta gotta get these Toronto or Buffalo, really. You know, gotta beat the Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Blue Jays. These games are these games are at home, though, right? Uh, yeah, I'm saying I they're against care. the Buffalo. They're they are now the Buffalo Blue Jays. That's what we should be calling yes. them. I kind of like that though. They should keep Buffalo that. Blue get Jays. Out of Toronto. Yeah, I'm go- I'm God, good with it. I'm good with it. But they got this is a big this is a big big stretch. This is a young team that's going to be out hungry. Good analysis. Hungry. Must win situation. <laughs> gotta win these games. You heard it here first, folks. The final 17 games of the season with the Yankees jockeying for playoff positioning is a big stretch. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.